The Lord Jesus Christ gives us an unmistakable imperative in Matthew chapter 7. He says this, Enter ye in at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. It is difficult to miss the two roads and the two destinies spoken of in these verses. Yes, there is a heaven, and yes, there is a hell, and the choice is ours as to which road we take and which destiny we arrive at. In today's world, there is much opinion on these matters, ranging from the new atheists claiming that naturalism is all that there is, to celebrities publicizing what they happen to believe at the moment, to religions claiming to have novel ways to attain personal peace. But only in the Bible will you find an honest and unbiased assessment of man's true nature and the unchangeable standards of God to which we must attain. But yes, heaven is attainable, not by our works or merit, but by the work of Christ on the cross. And yes, heaven is a wonderful place. Just listen to evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey as he considers some of the glories of heaven for all believers in Christ. I think most people have heard of heaven and hell. Not everybody who's heard about it believes in it, but you've heard about it. Heaven and hell. The reality is probably 100% in this room tonight, in 100 years from now, we'll all be gone. My uncle said, I don't believe it for a minute. When I die, I go six feet under, and within a couple of months, I'll be growing daisies. Well, what if he was wrong? Ever think of that? What if he was wrong? And what if the Bible was right? We believe the Bible to be the Word of God. You know, you've all heard of Richard Dawkins, and uh, he's the, on the stage just now for a few brief years, and he's traveling the world and engaging in debates, and he wrote The God Delusion and many other things, and he is the foremost leader of atheism. But he was really a protege of Anthony Flew, who died in 2010. Before Richard Dawkins walked out on the stage, Anthony Flew was on the stage for 50 years, and he too traveled the world, the globe, and he went to universities, and he debated the non-existence of God. And he wrote books, and he appeared in movies. Here's a quote from Anthony Flew, the evidence for God falls like a pack of cards under scientific scrutiny. Well, he got up in years. Richard Dawkins now says he got soft mentally. But if you watch Anthony Flew on YouTube, you won't think he's suffering from early dementia. His mind is very clear. I've watched it. And when Anthony Flew became 81... Here's what the man who spent 50 years denying the existence of the Creator God, here's what he said. This is a quote. It has become inordinately difficult even to begin to think about constructing a naturalistic, God-free theory of the evolution of that first reproducing organism. That's one quote. He said it's inordinately difficult to conceive of that first reproducing organism without, as he saying, without the Creator. Here's another one. He said, recent investigations of DNA have shown 
by the almost unbelievable complexity of the arrangements which are needed to produce life, that intelligence must have been involved. Oh, he changed his tune, I wonder why. Do you think that maybe when he was young and fit, he could deny God existed? But when he started to see, look in the mirror, and he said, I'm aging, and soon my life is coming to an end. Then what, Anthony? Sir Anthony flew. He changed his tune. Even Richard Dawkins, he says he can't be sure that God does not exist. He says he's 99% sure. He can't be sure. He acknowledges that. And so, we believe God does exist. I don't know where you are in the spectrum of thinking tonight. But I'll tell you this. When you believe that God exists and He is the Creator, and we came from the hand of God, then you have to give thought to, not only where did I come from, then where am I going? We could spend the rest of the evening telling stories about people who had a wake-up call. But if you have your Bible of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, Enter in at the straight gate or narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat because straight or narrow is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth on to life. Few there be that find it. This is not about getting you to come to this church. Leave your own church. This is about entering the door Getting off this broad, dark, difficult road at times. When Monday arrives, people wake up and say, Wow, where did the weekend go? I was looking forward to the weekend and I thought it was just going to be the... Monday comes and it's just a, like a hamster wheel. It's like a vicious cycle. It's about getting off this road and having a purpose in life. Living for God. Coming to this door and Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if anyone enters in. If this is true, where would you like to go after you die? I have no doubt that it is. I'm ready. I know where I'm going. Going to heaven. You know a football coach, college football, um, the Villanova Wildcats, Andy Talley? When the cardiologist um, came into his room and he said, Andy, you're having a heart attack. And you have a blood clot. And this is very serious. Here's a quote from Andy Talley. When he got that news, he said, I am really not interested in one more offensive play. I'm really not thinking about whether we're playing man or too deep zone. I wasn't interested in one more hour in the office. What I was interested in at that point in time was my kids, my wife, my family, and if I would ever see them again. And then he added, get this, and where I was going to go if I died. You have that all settled? Or is that still a big question mark for you? Jesus said, there are two destinations. Two destinations. And it's not that we're obsessing about deaths or the afterlife. No, we're clear-minded, I think most, most of the time anyway, clear-minded thinking individuals. We're not blind. We do know. I've been to a lot of funerals. I know that people die. One month after we were married, 
my brother-in-law, a college basketball player, going through college on a basketball scholarship. One month after he was in our wedding party, he drowned on a fishing trip. It happens. Larry King, many of you know him from CNN, he had a big party at his house. Oh, he had all the who's, who's there, Conan O'Brien, Shaq O'Neal, um, the, all the list, you, you'd recognize many of the names that went to Larry King's big house, mansion. Do you know, someone said to him at the dinner table, they said, Mr. King, you seem to be a little obsessed with your own mortality. And here's what Larry King said. Oh, I fear death. My biggest fear is death. Because I don't know where I'm going, and I don't know if I'm going anywhere. How much thought have you given to this? Jack Welch was the head of General Electric. He was a CEO for many years, and I used to read Harvard Business um, articles about how he managed General Electric. He was sort of the guru of the effective management style, Jack Welch. He was being interviewed on CBS 60 Minutes show, and the interviewer, it was actually Dan Rather, said, What was the most difficult, the toughest question Mr. Welch, that you have ever been asked with all your, the complex management choices you had to make, what was the most difficult question you have ever been asked in your life? And Jack Welch thought for a few minutes. He said, the toughest question I was ever asked was, do you think you'll go to heaven? And Dan Rather said, and what was your answer? Jack Welch said, well, it's a long answer. If caring about people, if giving it your all, if being a great friend counts, I haven't done it everything right all the time, but I think I got a shot. I'm in no hurry to get there and to find out anytime soon. You know, we have a short answer. When someone has to start going covering all the bases, well, I've given, I just last month I gave money to my church, or I just started saying my prayers, or I just went to an anger management course, and I'm trying to clean, and they go on and on and on, all their self-improvement strategies. You know that person doesn't know whether they're going to heaven. They're hoping, got their fingers crossed, but someone who knows they're going to heaven, they have a short answer. Let me ask you tonight, do you have a short answer or a long answer? If you ask me, Peter, are you going to heaven? I will tell you, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, I am going to heaven. And if you ask me, how do you know? I will say, Christ died for my sins. He took my punishment. He is my Savior. So Christ died for my sins. It's a short answer. You say, tell me something about heaven. Well, I can tell you that it's one of two destinations according to the Bible. We read it, Matthew 7. There are not three destinations. There is no place between heaven and hell. That is absolutely not in the Bible anywhere. A place called purgatory. It's not in the word of God. There are only two destinations for eternity. And as you read your Bible and you discover there's no third option and you don't like the dark option and you want heaven, you say, what is heaven like? Well, it's easier to tell you what it's not like. What's not there? We know that the Bible tries to convey it to our human minds, but it's in such another dimension that we cannot really grasp it. But the Bible speaks of it as a magnificent kingdom, 
a real place that is not restricted by normal boundaries of time and space, but yet it is very real. It can be seen, it can be touched, it can be experienced and occupied by beings with physical bodies. There is a real heaven. I tell you what's not in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. There is no suffering in heaven. There is no anger. There are no aches or pains, no bruises, no brokenness, no people wandering the streets of heaven wondering what, what is life about. I'm empty, I'm void. That's not found in heaven. There's no cancer, no cemeteries. There is no crying in heaven. We could have read that in Revelation chapter 21. God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes. The reason why there are awful things happening on this planet and why people shut their light out at night and go into bed and the big smile and the big brave front is gone and they look at the ceiling in their dark room and they think, is this all there is to life? Oh, how empty. The reason people experience those feelings is because they're detached from God and they don't enjoy a personal relationship with Him. We were made to have a relationship with God, but sin has separated that relationship. And the sorrow and the sadness and the hunger and the pain and the broken lives can be traced right back to sinful hearts of human beings. Oh, heaven is a wonderful place. No disappointment up there. No dissatisfaction. No emptiness. No evil. No friction. No fighting. No famine. You can go right through the alphabet. Um, no grrrs as a G. No heaviness. No illness. No jolts or jars. You ever get a phone call that can turn your whole day upside down? No jolts or jars in heaven. And it goes on. Heaven's a place of light and warm acceptance. Peace, security, safety. Let me tell you this, it's not. You say, I, like as a kid I heard about heaven and I had this idea that I don't really want to go there. I have a picture of it's like a retirement home or a, a celestial nursing home and everyone's on a rocking chair going back and forth like this and maybe knitting. Ah, oh, well, that's wonderful if you like to knit. The last time I spoke on it, a man came up to me and says, man, I'm going to be disappointed if I can't knit in heaven. But it's not a celestial nursing home. I have heard people say, man, it's going to be boring up there. Like, do they just sing one song after another? Like 20 minutes is about enough for me. Are we not going to do anything else but sing? No, it's not going to be one eternal hymn sing. The Bible describes a life after death in heaven that is filled with life. And it's not a nursing home. People who are feeling the demise as a result of age by they'll be reinvigorated and they'll be filled with energy. Ah, it's a place of eternal rest, but man, we'll be very much alive. We're not going to be like zombies, like wispy floating around like this. No, it's a very, very real thing. And there'll be nothing boring about it. You know, just look at the world around. Is there anything boring about this world? And this is a world that's been sadly affected by sin. There must be intelligence beyond human intelligence who created all the wonders of the world who created the Mount Everest for people to climb, and the planets and the stars and the Milky Way, who created all that? That whole scientist, it wows them. I don't know whether you've ever watched the BBC Planet Earth series, and they don't believe in God, the people that produced that series, but I've watched time and time again the whole set, the BBC Planet Earth series, and it's breathtaking and it's amazing, and you just say, wow. 
Our wonderful God, this didn't all happen just by some fluke of the force. And I were watching a house being built across from where I'm staying and it's just going up. And I, I'm not so foolish to think that it, there was not a designer behind it. There had to be an architect. And I can see it taking shape now. How could the vastness of this universe happen by some fluke or evolved? There is a designer. And if this place is amazing and holds people spellbound, whatever will heaven be like? It won't be boring by any stretch of the imagination. The God of energy, God of light. There is a real destination called heaven. You say, what are the qualifications for heaven? Do you know what Barbara Walters said? She's well into her 80s, but she's been around for quite a long time. And uh, she's still a journalist, still an award-winning journalist. And she's interviewed more presidents and queens and kings and princes and even terrorists and failed suicide bombers. She's got many, many credits to her name and has won many awards. Do you know what Barbara Walters said? She said, the most fascinating journalistic initiative I've ever undertaken. I worked a year on it. She said, I traveled across the United States and I went to state dinners and I went and met with celebrities and I would go up and big dinners and I would tap on the shoulder and say, excuse me. And she would say, do you know if you're going to heaven? Yeah, this is Barbara Walters. And she'd go to somebody else and she'd say, do you believe in life after death? She spent a whole year doing it. She said it was the most fascinating assignment. Someone asked her, a journalist asked her, what about you, Mrs. Walters? What do you believe? She said, well, I never went to Sunday school. The afterlife was never discussed in our home. And then she said, but I think it would be enormously comforting to know you're going to such a place. What are the qualifications? It's not church membership. You could join this church and attend it all your life and never make it to heaven. The qualifications for heaven? It's not baptism. One qualification for heaven, you read it in 1 Corinthians 15, that's probably a very clear statement. There's a song we sing, My passport to the realms of bliss is Jesus died for me. There'll be no St. Peter standing at the pearly gates. You've all heard those jokes. But if St. Peter was there and Peter Ramsey comes up and he says, you're my namesake, are you? And what basis do you think I should allow you into this celestial city? You know what I would say? Here, St. Peter, Christ died for my sins. That's the only qualification. Christ died for my sins. Ah, friend, God has made something that was absolutely difficult and impossible for us to do. God has made it simple. It was hard for Him to do. He gave His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ died for our sins. And because of Christ's death for me and my acceptance of Christ, I am qualified to enter heaven. The congregation in heaven, believers of all ages, be united in worship. I don't know what heaven will be like. They talk about gold and all that. Do you know the best thing about heaven for me was going to be? I don't know how I'm going to respond, is to see the man who died on the cross for my sins, to save me from going to hell. I love him. I haven't seen him yet with my eyes. I've trusted him by faith. And Jesus Christ is my Savior. And the occupation of heaven, worshiping Christ, serving, learning, fellowshipping. God loves you. 
Christ died for you. And God wants you to make your reservation for heaven tonight. How do you do that? By simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So how about it? Are you qualified for heaven? Are you a sinner who acknowledges that you have nothing to offer God? Then you are indeed a candidate for heaven, my friend. Have you trusted in Christ as your own personal Savior from sin? Why not? Why stay on the broad road that leads to destruction? Choose Christ today, won't you? It's what the Lord wants you to do before it's too late. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior, and in times like these, you need an anchor.